Welcome to the first episode of The Pick Is In. I'm your host, Carlos Peterson. Now, this show is going to be many different things. We're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff on the show, from discussing the latest NFL news to scouting the incoming prospects of the year's draft, as well as breakdowns of every roster with draft draft grades. This podcast is for all football junkies, so later on we're going to be having a special Patreon for film analysis and breakdowns and even a special Discord where we'll be able to talk football and some of the incoming players uh, for the incoming draft. Uh, So for this first episode, what I want to talk about is the winners and losers from this past week's draft and some of the bigger storylines coming out uh, for uh, this year's NFL seasons and some some of the incoming rookies. So I think one of the things, uh, biggest takeaways from the draft, uh, number one, the quarterbacks. Uh, You had five go in the first round uh, with some pretty notable moves in terms of what was projected versus what actually happened. So we'll get into that. Uh, There would definitely be uh, some noting of that. But I want to start off with winners because why not start off on a positive note? So to me... One of the biggest winners from this past draft was the Chicago Bears. Uh, Ryan Pace, it's been noted uh, some of the turmoil of this job security, uh, just given the past season it went, and, and most notably the pick of Mitchell Trubisky, which has been well documented, uh, having passed up the chance to draft Clemson quarterback Sean Watson and Texas Tech quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who um, are both doing incredible things in the league. And now Deshaun Watson has his own scenario outside of football um, regarding uh, the, the legal situation. Uh, but with that being said, on the football field, Ryan Pace, is, that's his most public blunder up to this point. So... Uh, the number one thing that sticks out, obviously, with the Bears draft was drafting Justin Fields at pick 11. And I think the thing that sticks out most about this was Chicago, and to be completely candid here, as growing up as a Bears fan, the Bears always kind of had this, They the Bears were always that team when they would pick their first round pick would always similar to the way Seattle has been known to do, and even uh, Oakland in some capacity recently with Mike Mayock, is the Bears had always kind of picked the player that the fan base had to be sold on. And you don't have to sell anyone on Justin Fields. The kid is going to be a star. He has the arm talent. He has the accuracy. And hopefully, with the tutelage of Matt Nagy, who was a part of the chief staff that ended up picking Mahomes in 2017 and was able to develop him in that season before eventually being hired by the Bears, has the chance to get his hands on Justin Fields and, and mold the Bears' offense the way that he would like to. Um, and for all intents and purposes, I, I believe that this quite possibly saved Ryan Pace's job for the foreseeable future. Um, 
And I, I think that with this field's ability to run and throw as a dual threat quarterback, and on top of the fact, when we saw within the Clemson game, it was been talked about over and over again, was his toughness and his ability to play through adverse situations. We saw the big the big shot that he took to the to the rib cage, and next play through a touchdown pass and proceeded to throw six touchdowns in that game. So. There's no worry to me um, in terms of how great of a player that Justin Fields is. It, to me, it just comes down to who you surround him with and what are you going to do since then. And believe it or not, I think outside of the quarterback, <clears throat> which Ryan Pace did get right this go around, I, I firmly believe. Because not many general managers generally, you get one chance to get your quarterback or coach. And. Brian Pace finally, finally got the guy, and you know it was his second try, but it's it, it looks it looks hopeful in Chicago, uh, especially given the news of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. But uh, with that being said, I think that whether or not he starts day one, Chicago has their franchise quarterback. It was the right move by Ryan Pace, and then. The continuing trend that he had was he drafted well outside of the first round. And I love the Tevin Jenkins pick. I like the Khalil Herbert pick. Uh, Daz Newsome out of North Carolina was a terrific pick. They had more speed with Darnell Mooney on the perimeter. So really, really solid draft for the Bears. Um, they're one of the big big winners, uh, especially given that, uh, at least on my board, Tevin Jenkins had a first-round grade. So, all, around, all in all, great draft for the Bears. The next, I have the San Diego Chargers. Now, I think because of the pick of Justin Herbert last year, you have so many guys coming back on defense. The most glaring need uh, for the Chargers outside of maybe some corners tackle or the offensive line in general but they were able to get Rashawn Slater a guy that many projected to go in the top 10 fell to them at pick 13 and they grabbed their tackle to protect Justin Herbert for the next five five to ten years so uh, great pick there Los Angeles also added uh, Asante Samuel Jr. at corner which was a massive need for them uh I love that pick because I think it's a good pairing within their secondary um, to allow, especially with their pass rush with Joey Bosa uh, and Melvin Ingram coming back. And uh, I think that's going to be really important. And then, of course, Derwin James is going to be a great enforcer for them in the secondary. But to have that perimeter help with Asante Samuel Jr., I think is huge for them. Big fan of that pick. And then they go and they get Trey McKitty out of Georgia um, in the third round. Uh, really nice grade on him. Uh, got good value for him. And I think that Justin Herbert, the more weapons that they were able to get him, uh, the better he'll be. Because then they got Palmer out of Tennessee uh, in the third round. So I think over overall, the drafts from now on are going to be geared towards how can you help Justin Herbert. And I think uh, the Chargers did an excellent job with that. Slater, obviously the big name that sticks out. Uh, Roundtree out of Missouri. That's a, another nice uh, nice little back that they're going to have for him. Um, 
I think he's a good um, a good runner that's going to be physical. He's going to help them in their um, in terms of the physicality, obviously, um, with Eckler being a little bit more of a pass catching back. Uh, it's going to be a good one two combo, and then obviously you have Justin Jackson as well. So I think uh, all in all, they did a good job of addressing a lot of their needs. Chris Rump out of Duke uh, is going to add a lot of depth to their linebacking core after they added uh, Kenneth Murray last year in the first round. So I think uh, on paper. LA had one. LA had one of the better off seasons of any team, and then they just pile it on with this draft. So uh, they're definitely a team to watch out for in the in the AFC West. Uh, it's going to be tough, and especially now with the news that Denver is possibly looking at acquiring Aaron Rodgers, that that is continue. That is a division to keep an eye on because they, especially with the quarterback play, that's going to be that's going to be up there in in. The scenario they get Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be up there with the NFC West. It'll be a lot of fun. So, um, one of the other winners uh, in this draft that we have is the Cleveland Browns, who I think in back-to-back rounds got steals. So, um, what I mean by that, uh, I think Greg Newsom out of Northwestern is an outstanding pick. Uh, the uh, he was to me. He was the second best corner on my board. Um, although a lot of people had him at three or four, depending on who you asked. Uh, Caleb Farley, obviously, with the medical questions that he had, um, slid a little bit on on some people's board as far as corners go. But love the pick. Legitimate four three speed. Technically sound. Rarely ever gets beat over the top. Love the pick, and especially now, given that Cleveland is in this window, uh, you have you know you have a cheap quarterback in Baker Mayfield. They just picked up his fifth year option, and then on top of the fact that you have you're gonna have to start paying some of your defensive pieces. Um, you're gonna have to start paying Miles Garrett. Uh, you're gonna you're already paying guys like Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. So um, good, cheap, young talent um, here for Cleveland. And then they got uh, the linebacker out of Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Um, there was some medical concerns, as that was at least what I had been reading, as far as why he had dropped. But uh, great pickup for Cleveland uh, with their their linebacking core, uh, especially with some of the shootouts that they're expecting to be uh, with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, you need a great coverage linebacker, and uh, you talk with. Any draft expert leading up to, into this draft, the ability that he had in coverage and his speed sideline to sideline uh, was too hard to pass up for Cleveland, especially in the, the value that they got. He was a projected number one um, uh, number one pick in terms of the first round, uh, being in the first round, excuse me. Uh, but great pickup here uh, for Cleveland. Uh, and it's going to be a little bit more of a theme now. Uh we saw that for years with other great quarterbacks, but a lot of drafts, once once teams are able to get their guy as a signal caller, everything else is going to be geared towards beating Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So I think that was uh, one of the themes of some of these picks moving forward, but really, really love what I saw from Cleveland in this draft. Uh, I think moving forward, they're definitely going to be a team uh, to be and, and really what it told me now is no more excuses um, in Cleveland they're not the same Cleveland Browns team that people are used to and 
you know, now it's time for Baker Mayfield to put up or shut up. That's what it's going to come down to. So, love, love, love what Cleveland did in the draft. Uh, just to go down some of the other players that they were able to get. James Hudson, I thought was big out of Cincinnati. Um, provide some depth on the offensive line. Anthony Schwartz was a good receiver pick. Now, it hasn't... Nothing's been leaked about it, but I think moving forward, it's going to have to be addressed at some point. What do you do with Odell Beckham? Uh, incredibly talented wide receiver out of um, uh, out of Cleveland, but uh, I think on some level it forces Baker Mayfield to press. So I think starting to add more receiver talent outside of that. Obviously, he has Njoku, he has Austin Hooper, he has Jarvis Landry. He has Donovan Peoples, or Seals, or Ricky Seals, excuse me. Um, then he obviously has the great running game with Kareem Hunt and, and Nick Chubb. So moving forward, I think getting him more skilled positions and just moving forward, seeing what they can do. But they also added some really good pieces on defense. Uh, Tommy Togoya out of Ohio State, if I butcher that, I apologize. Uh, Tony Fields is going to be more of a special teams piece, but uh, a nice player out of West Virginia, an inside linebacker, and then... Uh, Richard LeCount out of Georgia at safety. So some really nice depth pieces. Love what they did in rounds one through three. So Cleveland's, Cleveland's uh, it's looking like the team to beat in the AFC North, obviously. Uh, what Baltimore did in the draft is uh, evident that they're going to start helping their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, particularly on the perimeter with the Bateman pick. But Cleveland's looking like the team to beat in the AFC North. Uh, love what they did in the draft. And then... My second-to-last team for winners, we have the Minnesota Vikings. Now, particularly with the Minnesota Vikings, what I loved about what they did is they traded down and still got the player that many people projected them to get. That player, obviously, was Christian Darisaw out of Virginia Tech. Great tackle with probably the longest tackle in this draft. He's physical. He Once he gets his hands on you in pass protection, it's very hard to get past him. Um... Has, has some holes in his game in terms of being technically sound. Uh, would occasionally get beat, but I think overall, just a sound offensive tackle that I think Minnesota's going to love protecting Kirk Cousins and hopefully down the future being able to protect uh, protect their developmental prospect, Kellen Mond, who they got in the third round. So, loved what Minnesota did. I think that... Um, and I think there was also there was a report that had Justin Fields fallen to pick 14 that they would have taken him at pick 14. So uh, a lot a lot to love with Minnesota. Uh, the one thing that I will say because I do want I, I do want to talk about the Kalamon pick because ultimately I thought there was going to be some team that was going to reach on Kalamon in the first round. Now I think some of that is due to we tend to see quarterbacks, you, you get a reach towards late in the first round. We, we tend to see this with quarterback-heavy drafts where teams kind of tend to panic where it's like, oh, well, now we kind of have to have a quarterback. But ultimately, he didn't go uh, late in the first round, and he went to a really good situation in Minnesota. You have the skill players. You have Dalvin Cook. You have Adam Thielen. You have the... Who someone who possibly could have won the rookie of the year, depending on who you asked. I personally thought he was the rookie of the year. You look at the number. Um, 
you have a receiver who's top five at his position in a position that tends to struggle early in, in their careers, but he's able to be top five at his position in his first year, um, which is completely unheard of, and then have him not win rookie of the year for Justin Herbert, who had a really good rookie year. But uh, but anyway, you have Justin Jefferson, you get Christian Darisaw, and then you can learn behind Kirk Cousins, who's one of the more experienced quarterbacks in the league. Regardless of what you think of Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, he has veteran experience. Kalamon can sit. And the one thing that I, I, I do love uh, about Kalamon, aside from some of the physical attributes, because I think he has a really good arm, uh, I think he has good mobility. Um, but I think the number one thing for me personally is he was a four-year starter. The kid has reps. And I, I think one of the the things that was pretty common in, in this draft one, and I don't think it was talked about enough, um, and I think we see this with quarterbacks who struggle or who, who tend to bust out of the league, uh, with like Mark Sanchez or uh, even as recently as Mitchell Trubisky with, with the Bears, is they don't have a lot of college starts. So I like that about Kellen Mond. I like the fact that they got a guy who had experience in college who has a lot of starts. And quite frankly, has a lot of film. So, uh, great pick for them. Um, they started to add more depth onto their defense. They got Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State to play guard. Um, so, a lot of a lot of good depth picks here. Minnesota did have a lot of picks early. They had a lot of picks um, in the top 100. So, overall, really good draft for Minnesota and Rick Spielman. Uh, so, big, big fan of what they did. Um, and lastly, the team that I was, I think, probably had the lone A-plus in this draft, um, but did an excellent job, was Detroit. I thought Detroit had an incredible draft, and it was fascinating to see how the board played out. But you get Penny Sewell, who is one of the best tackles of the past couple of years. You get him in the first round. So you can protect Jared Goff here for the next year or two, depending on what you want to do. Um, a quarterback uh, for the foreseeable future uh, that remains to be seen. There, I mean, we're going to break down the quarterbacks for next year's draft here um, um, over the next year or so. So love what they did. Then you get Levi Anwuziriki out of Washington, a really solid defensive tackle. Um who you know could have gone late in the first round, but really solid run defender. It's going to do good things for uh, for Detroit, especially Dan Campbell's background. Um, big big winner in terms of the trenches. Get a Lee McNeil out of NC State. Then my my favorite pick personally from their draft, aside from Penny Sewell, who this is going to be a terrific player uh, in this league. You get a Monrosate Brown out of USC. Um, you know, they lose Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones uh, to free agency, but then you add a really nice young receiver in this draft. Um, really went under the radar. You nab, you nab him in the, fir- in the fourth round, excuse me. And he's going to provide a really nice target. He wins 50-50 balls. He has really good hands. He has the body control. Um, this was a really deep receiver draft, so the fact they were able to get him in the fourth round, I think in, in most drafts, I think Amandra St. Brown is probably a second or third round guy. Uh, 
But I think given the depth of this year's draft, he kind of fell a little bit. But love, love what he can provide for Detroit. Um, so all in all, I think you look at the winners of some of these drafts, and I think we'll uh, in future episodes. Uh, in a future episode, I think I, I truly want to <clears throat> do more of a deep dive um, into the Justin Fields pick and what it means for Nat, Matt Nagy in this offense, and we'll we'll do some film studies. Um, for some of these players and what they provide for the offenses moving forward or offenses, defenses. So we'll do a lot of tape, tape breakdowns, but really love what I saw from these teams, particularly Detroit. And I love um, me personally just being a Bears fan, finally having that quarterback in Justin Fields. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And uh, so we're going to move on to the losers. And we have number one to me was to me the clear cut loser of this draft was the Houston Texans. Um, I think number one, they didn't have a pick one till the third round. I think some of it comes down to the management of the way, the management of the team and what has happened or, or has transpired over the past couple of years. So um, one of the I saw a breakdown from the guy that I'm a big fan of, Brett Coleman, but he he does a really good job of breaking down. Uh, what transpired with the Texans, how they got to where they are. Um, he breaks down how they ended up with trading DeAndre Hopkins, how they ended up having to give up four first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil. Uh, and he does a good breakdown of it. But ultimately, uh, I just want to talk about this draft. But I think you end up having to go with Mills in the th- or Davis Mills in the third round, who to be totally honest, is a project. You don't know the situation with Deshaun Watson. You know, we've kind of alluded to the fact that he's having legal issue um, on, on multiple counties being accused of uh, sexual harassment. And in, in some in some cases, uh, some women are accusing him of sexual assault. Now, obviously, we have to let the legal process play out. But uh, from the Houston Texans standpoint, this is a nightmare scenario. Uh, you don't. Have, you had to give up four first-round picks for a tackle who won't even be able to protect an all-pro quarterback if he's not on the field, given this legal situation. So you don't pick until the third pick of the third round. You have to go and get Davis Mills, who <clears throat> by many accounts is considered a project in the NFL. Um, you know, he has good velocity. He was a number one quarterback in his in his high school class, so I mean it's not like as though he's without talent. But in terms of the NFL level, being able to process information, um, and can he play this level? He's not particularly mobile. He has a he has a decent arm. He doesn't have a great arm, so he's a rhythm thrower. Uh, and then you look you go further down the draft. I like I like the one thing I will say. I like the Brevin Jordan pick out of Miami. I think he's a freakish athlete. Um, provides a lot of good stuff after the catch. So really like that pick. Nico Collins, uh, you know, I, I think that you, you obviously they haven't had DeAndre Hopkins in two years. Uh, they had, they're still searching for a way to replace that production. Uh, they lost Will Fuller, uh, so and they go and grab Nico Collins out of Michigan. So just overall just an abysmal draft for the Texans. Not, it's It's emblematic of a, of a team that's truly on the, cl- the decline and 
the fact of the matter is, is we won't even have a strong indicator of how bad the Texans are going to be because we generally measure based on first-round picks, is we won't even know because they won't have first-round picks because of the Laramie Tunsil trade. Um, so all in all, you know, big, big F to the uh, Houston Texans. Um, with that being said, uh, really feel for Texans fans out there. Um, hang in there. Uh, hopefully Davis Mills pans out, and hopefully Deshaun, hopefully Deshaun Watson has not done the things he is accused of. Um, I'd like to think more of Deshaun Watson as a person, but who knows? Um, it'd be nice to see that these things are untrue, but um, just going to have to wait and see. Next loser is the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, now, I... The Rams to me were a little bit hard to gauge, particularly because they had like they have the pieces, and they they went out, they got Matthew Stafford, they gave up all those first round picks. They have pieces on the defensive side of the ball. They did lose John Johnson, who's a really solid safety, but you have Aaron Donald, you have Jalen Ramsey, you have stars on defense, um, a lot of solid depth, and uh, so ultimately. I think what it came down to was the the type of talent that they were able to get with their picks. So um, I think the one to me is, so their first pick in the second round was Tutu Atwell, who is undersized. He's a speed guy, 100%, um, a little bit more, and this a little bit more in that like Tyreek Hill type of mold. As far as like my projection, he's, he's undersized, loaded with speed, but the problem is he's 5'9", he's and he's like, 155 pounds soaking wet. So, uh, it's it, it, oh, theoretically Sean McVay is going to scheme him with plays, with jet sweeps, uh, quick screens, and just getting him the ball in the open field. I think that's that's what his um, ultimate projection is as far as maximizing his potential. Um, so, not a big fan of that pick. I Ernest Jones out of South Carolina. I mean, it, it was an okay pick, obviously. I think at this point, a lot of these picks are just about adding depth. But Jacob Harris out of UCF wasn't a fan of the pick. Ernest Brown possibly could end up being a, a nice rotational player uh, for them on their pass rush. So uh, I, I think right now on paper, I think when looking at the Rams, there's just a lot of filler um, with their draft picks, a lot of just in terms of what, in terms of depth, I think that's really some of what they were striving for. But ultimately, just a lot of filler with their draft. Um, and then moving forward, I think, moving particularly with the Rams, it's going to be just about getting vets. Um, the Rams are at the point now where draft picks are arbitrary. Obviously, you want to add depth through the draft. That's not what I'm saying, but it, they made it very clear with the Matthew Stafford trade. We're here to win now. Um, especially when they gave up on their number one pick, Jared Goff, and you go and get Matthew Stafford, another number one pick. But, you know, you still have Robert Woods. You still have Cooper Cup. You have Cam Akers, who I'm a big fan of in their running game. Uh, so um, I I like what the Rams have currently on their roster. wasn't a big fan of their draft because I don't feel like they got better in a, at a lot of positions. But I, I, they're going to be one of the more interesting teams to see in the league. 
so the next loser that we have is the, I was about to say Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, this one, for obvious reasons, Alex Weatherwood was an absolute reach in the first round. Um, what's really funny, particularly about the Raiders draft, was that if you were to flip their two first picks with Weatherwood and Trayvon Morig out of uh, a TCU, is they would have they probably would have gotten a much better grade, which uh, which I find funny. Sometimes order does matter. Um, I, I think given the board and the, some of the players they took him ahead of, and you look at their needs. They needed a defensive tackle. They needed a receiver. Uh, corner obviously was a big need and then they addressed safety. Safety I think was probably their biggest need within the secondary but they get the tackle that they needed in Leatherwood but uh, ultimately I, I I think the big thing that I wasn't a fan of was the well they get two safeties they just they just released Jeff Teeth that actually broke in the middle of this recording so um, Divine Diablo uh, Tyree Galipsy um, so big fan of that. Uh, and then they dressed corner Nate Hobbs out of Illinois. Not not the biggest fan of that pick. I don't Hobbs. I think has he's he is okay in terms of size. He has some decent feet. Um, not, I don't believe he's an NFL starting corner. So uh, still a lot of questions to be answered in their secondary. But um, all in all, um, there's still a lot. I mean, they took three safeties. So Trevon Morig. It's going to be a really solid player. Um, Malcolm, Malcolm Coensey out of Buffalo. I think he was a, a nice player in the third round. So he's quick. He's going to be able to get to the ball. Um, he's going to play. He's really good closing speed, and I think him being able to play off the ball is going to be really important in, in uh, the Raiders' defense. But not a lot to be excited about um, with the Raiders uh, in terms of their draft. Now, Mayock has a history of just taking guys and just kind of saying, you know, after the consensus, and we're just going to pick our guys. So um, I'll interested to see how Alex Leatherwood develops. The last losing team from this draft was the Seahawks. Uh, I think the number one thing with them, and this is pretty easy and quick to evaluate because the Seahawks only had three picks. And I think, for all intents and purposes, I thought they could have gotten much better value at their at their pick in the second round. They got Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. Um, he's a bit of an undersized receiver. Um, he's going to be playing a lot in the slot, obviously, with DK and, and um, Tyler Lockett out on the outside. And Lockett's obviously able to play inside as well. But, like, you had, you had a slot receiver. You didn't add any size. Um, they probably could have gotten St. Brown later in the draft. That would have been my guy. Trey Brown, who in the Oklahoma defense, as much as the Oklahoma defense is improved, um, he's he's a short corner, which isn't – it was the antithesis of the Pete Carroll corner. Short, uh, short player overall, short arms. Um, he has smooth hips, uh, can cover pretty well. But ultimately, I, I'm not the biggest fan of this pick. So a really small sample size to value with the Seahawks. And I think because of that small sample size, I think it's easier to scrutinize because there isn't that volume of picks. Um, but I, 
did slightly like Stone Force Scythe. Um, I think because I like him a little bit more because he was picked in the sixth round. Um, he's an okay, he, he's a solid offensive lineman. The problem is when he faced some of the elite tackles in that draft, or excuse me, defensive pass rushers um, in that in that season, whether it was the Alabama game or LSU and A and M, where there was just they had trouble protecting Kyle Trask. Um, he struggled a little bit, so ultimately, um, Seattle, I think. There was a little, maybe a little bit more volume, a little bit more room to work with. Maybe they would have gotten a higher grade um, on their draft, um, even though Seattle kind of has, as I had said earlier, Seattle kind of has this, like, Oakland, Oakland Raider uh, mindset of just, you know what, screw what the consensus says we're going to take, who we're going to take. Um, but that's it. That's our winners and losers for this draft. Um, be sure to tune in this Friday. We're going to be posting Monday, Wednesday, Friday with NFL News, scouting, Um and all that jazz. Uh, we're going to be setting up our Patreon soon uh, so that we can get started with uh, our special analysis or expert analysis, <laughs> for lack of a better term. And then we're going to get our Discord started so we can start just shooting the, shooting the shit on football. Thanks so much, guys, for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.